0: And we're in 1 John five thirteen, this evening, where John says in verse 13, These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that ye may know that ye have eternal life, and that ye may believe on the name of the Son of God. And this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. And if we know that he heareth us, we know whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desire of him. If any man see his brother sin a sin which is not unto death, he shall ask and he shall give him life. Or give him life for them that sin not after after death. There is a sin that unto death, I do not say that ye shall pray for it. Hmm. All unrighteousness is sin and there is a sin not unto death. We know that whosoever is born of God sinneth not, but he that is begotten of God keepeth himself, and the wicked one toucheth him not. We'll finish there. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for your word, and thank you for the assurance we can have through reading it, understanding it, comprehending it, living it in our lives. Lord, and I pray that we would be so living your word that we would know and have the assurance of your presence with us. Bless blessed to our hearts tonight we ask in jesus name amen okay we come to a, a new section here from looking at the verses previously we're looking now at four certainties four certainties for saints that we have here in verses 13 to 21 and this is like a Conclusion to what John has been saying. In John's gospel. And 1st John. All that's gone before. Is the climax. The climax is found here. And so. <clears throat> what's gone before. Well. <laughs> there's things that we've been through. And been through slow. So we probably didn't get them all together. But to provide fellowship. These things are written for. And you can look that in verse 1. Uh, chapter 1 verse 3 and 4 to prohibit sin 2 verse 1 he is our propitiation to promote love these are the things that have gone before and so it's a climax of all these things wrapping it all up and saying therefore we should if it was Paul he'd say therefore I think (laughs) but John is different he's saying no and we should be able to live these things chapter 2 verse 12 24 to proclaim forgiveness 226, to protect believers, and 513, to provide assurance. And so he wrote to expose the error, as we know, and we've mentioned it often, of the Gnostics, and to provide the grounds of assurance to true believers, those that were true blue (laughs) believers, we could say. He didn't write to undermine the reader's confidence that they have in the Lord Jesus Christ and in their salvation, but he wrote to build up their confidence. And the, the same test that expose the false teachers, the Gnostics, the same test and the words and the text, also reveal the genuine believers, because this is what the Gnostics, Gnostics believe. OK, I don't believe it. I believe this, <laughs> and what the, what the Bible says, and it shows you're a genuine believer as you read it. And um, <clears throat> they, the Gnostics, placed great stress on superior knowledge hey you think of the jews yep back in the lord's day and it's still so amongst the orthodox there today what would you know you're a gentile (laughs) you know that that would be their approach to us Um, they don't appreciate being told by somebody who's not a jew how they should be spiritually living we have to be careful that we don't get to a point we're not teachable also like they were and think we have a superior knowledge. And people pick that up when you're talking to them. If they ask a question, you give them an answer, that's fine. But if you are trying to argue them around or talk them into or show that you know more, they don't respect that. They don't want to hear again. Heard of one person, oh, they're going to get me back again. And they never did, never do never done it why because they picked up this superior knowledge thought and we have to be careful and John repeatedly stressed true knowledge is available to every believer to grow in grace in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ so he concludes the book Um, as he concludes it he centred his thoughts on certainties four certainties which the believer can know and seven times from verse 13 down to verse 20 the word no is used i know we've looked at no before but here at the end of the book he's saying these are certainties that you as a believer can know and so he's emphasizing these certainties for us tonight first of all the certainty of eternal life now you say you've been there before yeah john's been there before too And so we go back over. These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God. That you may know. Verse 13. Eternal life is a possession of every believing person. When you're talking to an unsaved person and, you know, they're asking questions. Wanting to know answers and that. If we persuade them to become a Christian through... What we say, and it's not that God worked by the Spirit in them; they're not saved. So we have to be very careful. We have to, yeah. And and, and sometimes you feel hopeless. Well, I, you know, I, you can't make them. They have to be drawn to God from within about the truths that you're sharing. And you just have to share the Word, and they have to do the believing. You can't do the believing for them, and you can't say, "Well, let's pray a." Prayer, and after that you'll be saved That's David Cloud calls that quick prayerism <laughs> and a lot of quick prayerism has happened in America over decades over a century and it's caused people yeah, I'm saved, I've done that mm-hmm. and it's, it's more of a, a forced like salvation you just want to get them off your back some people do, unsaved people So, eternal life is the possession of every believing person. It's a life which is great, it's wonderful, it has an endless aspect to it. It's spiritual in nature. As many verses we could pick, John 1, 4, In him was life, in who? The Lord Jesus. And the life was the light of men. When he comes in, it's the light of men when we believe on him the lord jesus we are saved john three fifteen, before 16 it says that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have the promises eternal life the certainty of eternal life he that believeth has eternal life and the next verse we know well for god so loved the world he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth on him shall not perish but have everlasting life and down in verse 36 of john 3 he that believeth on the son hath eternal life this is what john has said and he's collecting all this together in these verses and drawing a conclusion hath eternal life and he that believeth not the son shall not see life but the wrath of god abideth on him believe on the lord jesus christ Uh, the people who were addressed here In verse 13, the second second phrase is there, unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God. The the believers. No one but a believer can have valid assurance that they are Christians. If they don't believe the word, they're not saved. I was reading about and I might quote some things from it on Sunday about a college that started more than a century, about a century, maybe a bit over a century ago, and how it's gone into liberalism and gone, going far away and very quickly into apostasy through the intellectualism that has come into the place. It's real sad to see because God used it a lot of preachers come from it. Um, No one but a believer. Many hang their assurance on their works. We looked at that on Sunday, didn't we? And uh, the Jews did that. Verse 2 and 3 of Romans 10. I bear them record that they have a zeal for God. They're working, working, working. But not according to knowledge. For they, being ignorant of God's righteousness, going about to establish their own righteousness, and all our righteousnesses are as filthy rags, but have not submitted themselves to the righteousness of God. And how? By faith? By believing by faith on the Lord Jesus. So, <clears throat> ceremonies, rituals, tradition. As on Sunday, I mentioned enough of that, I suppose. <laughs> And this is the jews and this is mainline churches today many hang their promises on these and their assurance of eternal life it's not on that it's on the word of god what about us what basis do you think you're going to heaven on what basis can we claim we're going to heaven the verses of scripture we believe tell us the things of assurance speak to us of the certainties of eternal life for instance Ephesians 2 8 9 you can say it with me for by grace are you saved through faith not, not of yourselves it is a gift of God not of works lest any man should boast and God has designed salvation to be by faith and the result of that is good works like I was talking to the folks the other day three of them don't get the cart before the horse it doesn't work that way (laughs) put the horse before the cart faith before works not works before faith and just trying to emphasize that and emphasize that because so many people and you know one responded like this right at the end we're standing up to leave we work all our lives and that's why we think that's the way it works to get something you have to work for it and to right too we do we work through our lives and we get rewarded for it by a payment and so it's it's in our heads you've got to work for this maybe the dull bludgers understand better than <laughs> no we want not <laughs> because they get, if they get it for nothing then i do have to work for it but salvation did cost something by somebody by the Lord Jesus Christ so it results in good works is Romans 3 verse 21 says now by not but now the righteousness of God without the law and doing the works of the law is manifest being witnessed by the law and the prophets even the righteousness of God which is by faith put the horse before the cart faith in the Lord Jesus Christ unto all men and upon all them that believe for there is no difference do you believe you you know i know lots of people that said they once believed but they don't believe anymore they didn't have real salvation they didn't really believe they didn't really exercise faith in the lord they didn't say you know i commit all i lord forgive me all the sins of you just say no lord forgive me because you can't remember all the sins you can't name them as we've said before Uh, John intends to build the believer's assurance not to destroy it in what he wrote here and sometimes we read through it and then we lose assurance because we don't understand what he's trying to drive at here if you believed you're saved as many as received him to them gave he power to become the sons of God so what must I do to be saved believe on the lord jesus christ and thou shalt be saved so john's intending to build the believers not destroy their faith Uh, it's wrong to teach that one who does not practice good works is actually not saved we have to be careful of that because like young people they believe but they haven't got the opportunity to exercise their faith a whole lot they have in their sphere of influence but <clears throat> it's wrong to teach that wonder that doesn't produce good works is actually not saved first um, corinthians 3 15 if any man's work shall be burned he shall suffer loss i know that's talking about the judgment seat of christ it talks about being judged our works being judged and. That is for a Christian. So there it's saying. These people. Well it says. Get into heaven yet as by. Fire. They believe but there's no works following them. Is there works following you Are you doing those things that are pleasing to God? Are we reading the New Testament? Are we listening to his commands to us? To go and tell people. About the Lord. Um, So. There are those people, it's sad to say there's probably more around than the other sort, that have believed and are truly saved, yet they're not doing the things that a Christian should do as they are being sanctified and are growing and are convicted about doing the things of the Lord and being fruitful and having the fruits of the Spirit displayed. Uh, can and do uh, save people's sin yes we can we do it says it in the scripture uh, john first uh, john 1 there verse 8 to 10 confi- that we are to well let me read it it's just back there if we say yeah, if we say that we have no sin we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us you know this is and can be the case for the christian and um does that mean they're unsaved no Uh, does that mean you might lack assurance yes because i've sinned and um it's good that the lord does that or allows these things so it makes us think about where we're standing with him remember in galatians 3 and verse 3 are ye so foolish have ye begun in the spirit paul talking to the christians of galatia Have you begun in the spirit? Are you now made perfect by the flesh? No, you're not made perfect by the flesh, but you will perfect faith and grow in faith through the works that you do. So we have to be, well, you know, Martin Luther said, he's sick of the works thing. So he emphasised the faith, but there has to be the works. Who says that? James says that. Luther called James a book of straw. Because it catered to the system he come out, the Catholic Church. Because it's works, 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 and that's what they were trusting in. And John is not saying that. He's saying the cart, the works, come after the horse, faith. And we must have that too. Remember Lot in 2 Peter 2, verse 7 and 9, vexed his righteous soul with their unlawful deeds... And I say, every time I think of that, or read that, I say, boy, if we didn't have that verse, we'd wonder if Lot was saved <laughs> for the what he did and where he lived and how he chose to live there. But he didn't have the works following him, did he? He had faith, but he vexed his righteous soul. A person as a Christian, a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, is truly saved and doesn't work their salvation, work out their own salvation with fear and trembling, then they will not have the certainty of new life they won't have the assurance they could have if they get into it um, <clears throat> into their Christian life and get and make it live it's by grace that we're saved yes and by grace we live Christians who sin as I say don't live up to their spiritual expect, expectations if they're like that they will lack assurance and, go, and John's purpose is Is not to convince them that they are never saved and never been saved, but to explain how they can know the joy of salvation. Who remembers a sermon I preached a long time ago? Unsaved believers. Um, A lot of people wouldn't have been here at that time or not not born yet. (laughs) Unsaved believers. So you're contradicting what you just said. (laughs) But in. Is it James or Peter? where the devil believes and trembles he believes and trembles Um, people believe in God but they don't believe in Jesus Christ Catholics believe in God Jews, Orthodox people believe in God people go to church believe there's a God but they don't believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and uh, they lack assurance and maybe haven't got it because they haven't got the spirit inside of them 1st um, 13 gives assurance to the believer who is practicing their spiritual life as outlined in the, in the whole of John as we, we went through that to start with where it says, well the John's gospel as well as 1st John but in 1st John to provide fellowship, to prohibit sin, to promote love, reasons he wrote the 1st epistle to proclaim forgiveness, to protect believers and to provide assurance of salvation. <clears throat> so the people addressed the purpose stated there that ye may know that you have eternal life this is the capstone the purpose of john is written john's gospel he's written first john and he's over these years that he's seen almost 60 years he's seen christians living out their life he's seen people born he'd seen people die he'd seen people born again but he, he could see there was a need to give them the assurance. If they believed and they're doing that that gives them the assurance that works that they that come after salvation, then they'll be enriched in their Christian life. <clears throat> Romans chapter 10, Romans chapter 10, How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? How shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And then it goes on to talk about the preacher. And John also emphasised that his readers should hear. It's wonderful when an unsafe person hears the gospel and they think, they start, that they don't just hear it with their ears and goes in and one out, in one and out the other, they hear it. And think about it the readers hearing should believe i probably my best to say what I'm thinking in our prayer request because this is in this is public they should believe you hear it you believe it that's what Paul was saying in Romans 10 as well and hearing and believing they should live it live it so hearing believing and living it and then you shall know then you will know that you have eternal life in john twenty thirty one, but these things are written that ye might believe that jesus is a christ the son of god and that believing ye might have life through his name What gives us Christians assurance, believers assurance is what happens after they're saved, after they believed. Things happen. Now, ask yourself the question what has happened in my life in the last month that gives me assurance I'm saved? What, well, okay, I'll put it What could have happened that should have happened if it didn't happen? So you can answer it without being guilty. (laughs) What should be happening in your Christian life? That's one of the key things, isn't it? I've I've got something new I want to show everybody. (laughs) Did that happen when you got saved? I want to tell people. And get and I, I want an opportunity I, I really ask Lord that you would open up a door for me to speak to someone and when that happens you do speak that gives you assurance you see it works that way and this is what John's trying to say and James is saying it too just if you just believe and there's nothing follows is it real did you really believe that's why we have people falling aside because they didn't comprehend the, the truth, that they didn't get saved, put it simply. <clears throat> so hear, believe, live it, and know it. Know it that you're saved. It's certainly not presumption on the part of the believer to claim that he is saved and that he can know that he's saved. You know. <clears throat> now, we don't go to the excesses of the charismatics where, you know, I had a vision and my arm got grew longer and you know all the things that they say no no i'm not talking about that i'm talking about where god opens doors gives opportunity and that it's just wonderful to have that and and a desire to go to church a desire to be in fellowship why well, don't you have that mum and dad have to make you come. it come shouldn't be like that if you're saved you want to come you want to be part and desire to read the word and know more about what's the lord wants you to know desire to read the bible from cover to cover many times throughout your life you know these are what gives us the assurance that we are true blue believers and uh, we're born again So, I wrote assurance of salvation is not a spiritual nicety without practical bearing in our lives a person may be saved whether he feels assured of or not but he cannot live a victorious life without knowing he is saved i'll read that last bit again a person may be saved whether he feels not or assured or not but he cannot live a victorious life without knowing he is saved you see there's no victory if you're not living victorious life there's not an opportunity the lord looks down and says what can i do to this guy a person to, my my son to make them have assurance well <laughs> they, they, they have to get in and love the word and get in there and want to serve the lord Um, this verse they say does not imply or does imply that it is possible to be saved and not know it that it is possible to have doubts about one's salvation too and the, the less that the works follow your salvation the less assurance you will have and the more doubts that will creep in to your life every believer is saved but not every believer has the assurance that he is saved because he's not living the christian life and then they don't, don't have confidence, they don't have the joy, they don't have the ability to talk to other people. Uh, <clears throat> doubts come in. Romans 8.31 talks about the assurance we can have as Christians. And you can read that and be greatly encouraged. What shall we say then to these things if God's for us? Who can be against us? Do you see him opening doors? Do you see him giving opportunities because you're walking with the Lord. You're being sanctified in your Christian life. And then, then he gives these wonderful opportunities. Praise God for that. <clears throat> and it, Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died, yea, rather it is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who, shall, who also maketh intercession for us. Have that assurance. And assurance, assurance comes when we pray... And God answers prayers. He's, doesn't that give you assurance? And that assurance comes because we've got no—we've got the sin confessed in our life. He that regardeth iniquity in our heart, the Lord won't hear. How can He hear our prayers if we're not walking right? And how can He answer our prayers if we're not walking right with Him? But the the salvation aspect—we we can be saved and in a state of carnality as. Paul talked to the Corinthians I remember I shouldn't say the name someone in a town not far away from here <laughs> it wasn't Penella it was somewhere else said you can't have a carnal Christian there can't be a carnal Christian and I was thinking mm, the Bible says in Corinthians it does it says that the you know, he's not walking with the Lord, not doing what he should be doing. And he's not living victorious. He has no assurance. You want assurance? Get Draw, draw nigh to me and he'll draw nigh to you. And you'll have opportunities. And it's a blessing to know that. And the rest of Romans 8 there talks about the... So we see <clears throat> the people addressed those who believe. The purpose stated that ye might know and have that certainty and that assurance, that confidence. And the premise... Examined there, these things right in the the, the first part of verse 13, these things have I written unto you. Uh, These things, what what things? First John, Gospel of John, these things I've written unto you. Now, the Holy Spirit, of course, was inspiring him to write what he wrote. And all scripture is given by inspiration and is of God and is powerful for what? Doctrine reproof, correction, and instruction in righteousness. There we go. You're like a taken-off jet. You you get on with what you should be doing, and the Lord works you, and the more that happens, the more assurance you have, and the more boldness you have, the more confidence you have. That's the way it works. But if you slack off, back off, and and sit and, you know, get bloated. I've used that before recently, but that doesn't give you any confidence and assurance. You're saved. James 3, verse 10. We'll just read these to close. James 3 and verse 10. Before I read them, a faith that's fair dinkum will flourish and bear fruit. John 15. A faith that is a farce will falter and fail and be fruitless. And then the parable of the different soils you know the hard the stony the the, the um, scrubby the weeds and then the good ground it does say in the one with the weeds they are unfruitful so it may be that they're saved and they're, to- they're like the person we're talking about tonight who is no assurance no confidence because they're all choked up they're overcome with the weeds the blackberries and the, all the other weeds in the paddock but the person whose paddock is plowed and they're into the word of god and they're rejoicing in him praying to him reading his word they have confidence and they bear fruit so a faith that's a farce will falter and fail and not bear fruit be fruitless james 3 verse 10 we we read there out of the same mouth proceedeth blessings and cursings my brethren these things ought not so to be if you say you're a christian you're a believer and and that and you're cursing it shouldn't be in our lives okay no cursings but when you are somewhere and those that say they're believers use curse words and you just cringe i do but do you find yourself doing it too under your breath so nobody hears it shouldn't be so it's not so that's not what the Christian should be it won't give you any assurance that these things are said by yourself and then you can have no confidence and assurance does the fountain send forth at the same place sweet water and bitter no of course not can a feed tree bear my brethren bear olive berries no neither are vine figs so can no fountain yield both salt water and fresh Get on with your Christian life. Grow in your Christian life. Have the confidence and the assurance that you're saved and going to heaven by the works that follow you. And in the book of Revelation, it says that, doesn't it? They are martyred, and what does it say? And their works follow them. And let's not be like those in Corinthians 3 where their works are put on the fire... And there's nothing left and they're saved yet as by fire. By faith in the Lord, they got saved, they got to heaven. You say, that's good enough, just get me to heaven. But it's going to be far better, according to scripture, for those that do the things that God wants us to do after we're saved and have that confidence and have that certainty of new life, eternal life. If you haven't got the certainty... Build your faith. Grow in the Lord. There's a few thoughts for that from just one verse there. John wants us, as he concludes, to know we're saved.